Are you stuck in a health routine and don't know how to get out of it? Is keeping the weight off and living healthy a challenge? Welcome to I Don't Want to Be Fat. Your host is Marcus Aurelius. Take an hour right now and learn how to improve what you eat, how you exercise, and your everyday lifestyle. You'll look better, and more importantly, you'll feel better. Now, here is Marcus Aurelius. Hey, America! Good morning! Welcome to the I Don't Want to Be Fat Show on the Health and Wellness Channel. I am so excited about today. We have a show and a half for you. I have one of my greatest friends on the show, Matt, Dr. Matt Parsons. He's a wonderful chiropractor. If you uh, look at his bio on the uh, Voice of America channel, you will see that this man has some impressive credentials. Uh, today's show, uh, we're going to talk again more about health and wellness. I'm going to bring another perspective into this. If you remember, the first show was about perspective, how we looked upon working out and how to change our perspective so it's something that we could embrace. Last week, the show was about personal trainers. And this week, Matt, it's about you. Would you like to say good morning to my audience? Good morning, everybody. I'm glad to be part of this today. Uh, and I just want to say thank you again to Marcus for having me on. Oh, thank you so much indeed, Matt. What a wonderful guy you are. As you can see, Matt has a bunch of education. He is a, a family man and just had a baby, I believe. Is that right, Matt? I did. She is four and a half months, so we're just starting now to get back into uh, being able to sleep for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of my clients can relate to that. Now, Matt, I want to. Uh, I'm, I'm obviously the show is about motivating people, uh, and I know you have a, an impressive uh, a patient list. How do you motivate others in your practice? Well, what I've really tried to do, Marcus, is get people to understand that in order to be healthy, you have to really approach all areas of your life. You have to, a lot of times we, we tend to, in the United States anyway, we tend to almost wait until something's broke before we try to fix it. And I try to make, uh, tell my patients and I tell uh, some of our clients that we do with some of the other things that we're involved with, Look, if we if we get you taken care of beforehand, before it becomes a problem, then we can then if something comes up, usually we can knock it out faster and we can prevent it from happening again. And most of the time, we can prevent things from happening in the first place. Um, and of course, most of the time, from a chiropractic standpoint, I'm approaching that from a physical health standpoint. But I also do a lot of nutrition work and a lot of exercise with my patients. And so I want to make sure that we're looking all the way around at them to see that. If we, if we can impact their lifestyle, then we can impact their health. And so one of the things that I've seen, I'm sorry, sorry, Marcus, one, one last thing on that real fast. Uh, one of the things that I've seen with people is if you get them feeling good, then the next thing is that it's super, super easy to keep them motivated. That is very true. I, I agree with that. Obviously, a lot of that has to do with perspective. Now, as a chiropractor, what sort of injuries do people come and see you with? Is it due to their weight, or is it due because they overexercise, or is it just due to their lifestyle? Um, truth be told, 99% of the people that come into a chiropractic office actually are going to come in from repetitive injury. Um, and what I mean by that is just like I was telling a patient just a few minutes ago, actually, that you know, every once in a while you get the car accident victim or you get the football injury or, or the lifting injury or whatever that come in. But most of the time, and you probably see this as a trainer, People, people have poor mechanics, and when they have poor mechanics, if you, if you strengthen up a muscle in a bad position, then you are just making double the problem. So if you can start working on, on correcting their mechanics, then you can end up preventing a lot of the injuries that pop up. So what I'll end up seeing in my office, like I said, is repetitive injuries, 
usually associated with bad mechanics. And what we'll end up doing with that is, you know, a lot of times we'll end up having hip problems, low back problems, and shoulder problems are going to be the primary things that I'll end up with in my office. Sometimes neck issues, but that's a little bit different story. But um, it's usually not so much that somebody is just overweight, although that does play a part in it, uh, but the more so is the fact that their mechanics are thrown off and that their body can't strengthen and support them the way that it should. So it's actually a weakness issue. Well, one of the things I've noticed too is is that uh, I I watch a lot of kids do powerlifting and things like that. And one of the things that always amazed me was when I went to these powerlifting competitions. You know, a lot of these school kids could uh, profess to lift a lot of weight. But when they get in these competitions, the forms that were, they were taught at school were so bad that most of their lifts were no lifts. And it just amazed me. And even myself, you know, I was a powerlifter for like five or six years before I met a guy called Dwayne Madeer. And he told me, he said, Marcus, you know what? You're one of the strongest guys I've ever met. If you could learn to lift right, you'd be a huge. And I, I had a hard time with that because, you know, I'm a trainer. What the right. heck does he think he's talking about? But, you know, I was amazed that through just simple mechanics, how it affected my my, my weights. I mean, I almost doubled what I could lift. I mean, it was huge. Mm -hmm. Didn't you find the same thing? I I did, actually, and it was really kind of funny. Uh, You know, I I was another one that I was, you know, God blessed me genetically with a lot of strength. And one of the things that I, I got to see was, you know, I could put up a lot of weight. But I started noticing that as I got a little bit older and into college lifting, lifting I power lifted for about 10 years total. And, and when I got into college and I was lifting, what I started seeing was I had to get to where I was warming up more. I had to get to where I was stretching out more because when I wasn't doing those things, uh, my body would let me know it. And I started getting a lot more injuries. And, and of course, having about a uh, typical male 20, 21 ego, every time I thought I needed to prove something to somebody in the gym, I would end up lifting more weight than I needed to lift at that particular point. And, and it ended up being kind of funny. Once I matured a little bit from that standpoint and matured from the fact that I just needed to tweak the way I was doing some things and the way I was training, oh, it made all the difference in the world. My, my lifts went through the roof, and surprise, surprise, I went through the last several years after an injury that had taken me out of powerlifting for two years. I went three more years without having any problems and, and went significantly higher on my weights just by changing the way I was doing things. You know, I've noticed that too is, is that, you know, people, when they come to a gym especially, are usually guilty because they are overweight, you know. Right. So when right. they get into the gym, they want the most arduous torture that they can do to beat themselves up. Correct. And I've noticed a lot with young trainers mm-hmm. is, is that they may be taught how to train people, but they too do not understand – body mechanics because that seems to come more through experience of what we've experienced ourselves and not through what we've been taught at school. I I mean, that's what I have found. Is that not true? That's 100% true, Marcus. Uh, And that's one of the things that I tell my patients in my office a lot of times. Uh, You know, I tell them when they come in that one of the good things about coming to a guy like me is that just about anything I treat, I've had Uh, through years and years of chasing (laughs) cows and and throwing bales of hay. I played football six years, powerlifting 10 years. You name it, I've done it to myself. And, uh, and it is funny. Experience is the great teacher. I mean, there, there's a huge, huge difference between learning something from a textbook and seeing it or having it firsthand. And, yeah, it makes well, a world of difference. Because, <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> when I was a trainer, when I was younger, it was a lot easier because I knew everything. Now I'm older. Right. <laughs> it's not I, so I understand. I, I totally understand that. The older we get, the less we realize that we actually know. 
<laughs> you know, and, and that's terrible. I mean, you know, a lot of things that I was taught growing up to especially be a trainer, you know, I had to unlearn. And uh-huh. of course, the trouble with these strongholds is, is mm-hmm. that that's what you were taught and you see, you feel it's right. But I, right. I suppose really it's like a, a driving test. You know, we're taught how to drive, mm-hmm. but it's not until after you've passed your driving test that you actually really learn to drive. Is that right? That's 100 percent true. 100 percent true. <laughs> now, one of the things I, I don't think a lot of people understand, Matt, and uh, I was really surprised about this, but you have like over 300 hours in, in diets. Is that correct? And nutrition? I do. Uh, I do. What, what I did with that, there is actually something in uh, chiropractic where how a medical doctor will go off and do postgraduate study in a specific thing. Well, chiropractors have that as well. And, and what I did is I took a course that actually was all based on clinical nutrition, and I took an extra 300 hours of postgraduate clinical nutrition, and we covered everything from uh, how to nutritionally support somebody while they're going through chemotherapy all the way to how to deal with an athlete that's trying to put on 10 pounds. You know, it's so it was something that was extremely interesting to me. Nutrition nutrition has always been something that has fascinated me. And uh, just being able to manipulate the diet or manipulate the supplements or whatever with people and, and seeing the differences that people can have in their life is just, it, it can make a huge, huge impact. Uh, just along those lines, one of the things that I have seen in people, uh, you would be surprised how many of the quote-unquote disease processes that are that are being diagnosed can actually come back from being from a exercise problem or a nutrition problem. If you take care of those, you, know, things, you can take care of a lot of these issues. One of the things I really liked, I, I don't think America knows the stats that you gave me the other day about how many people in America, is it about 80% have some chronic illness of some sort. Is that not correct? That's exactly right. Um, about two years ago, I actually got to hear a lecture from a guy that I consider one of my mentors now. Uh, I've never actually had a chance to even meet him yet. Some, someday, maybe I will. But, but I've read his material, and I keep up with what he does. And, and he opened my eyes to some of the things that had been going on with our health in the United States. And, I mean, a lot of the stuff I had been thinking and studying for years, but I guess he kind of articulated, articulated it in a way it just really brought it up to something that I could take a hold of and 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 teach this to people and see and open some eyes and and get them to be able to start looking at at their health from a different perspective. As far as chronic disease goes, yes, most people don't realize in in the United States, 80% of the population has a chronic disease. Now that's your diabetes, heart disease, cancers, rheumatoid arthritis, those things that are supposed to be lifetime diseases. In other words, and and Actually, 55% of the population actually have two of them now. So when you think about that, there's a few different things, and I can go down that trail for a while, and I, I'll, I'll talk about that as extensively as you want me to. But if you just look at just the state of our healthcare in this country and the way that people are having to try to keep up with, with the insurance and, and all the politics that's been involved and the fact that people are going bankrupt because they can't keep up with their health, when you see that 55% of the population has this long-term disease and 80% has at least one of them and 55% has two or more, I mean, it's, it's staggering. And we've been approaching the problem all wrong, and it's time to change something about that. You know, that's a good point because last week I brought up a situation that was uh, very, very important, was that um, uh, one, in 80, I was like, one, in, uh, one in 30 people in, the, in America are actually a member of a gym. And of that thirty, only uh, uh, of the, only of that thirty, I think only twenty percent or only ten uh, percent of the people actually go to the gym. The rest of people are, 
are embraced in these contracts that are just um, overwhelming for them. And of course, they pay right. because it doesn't cost them anything. You right. know, the biggest trouble with I've found with a lot of these healthcare pro- um, insurances is mm-hmm. that they'll pay you to go to these super, super nice gyms, mm-hmm. but you have to show up on a regular basis. But what they right. do is they just show up, swipe their card to say that they've been, and they walk right. out because it doesn't cost them anything. Correct. And, of course, the reason that we do what we do is because we want to help people become healthier. But, of Absolutely. course, to do that, it takes a whole perspective change. I mean, you have to you know, not dread working out. You have to make it enjoyable and fun for yourself. I mean, that's what you and Penny do, right? Correct, correct. I, I, I was laughing the other day. I was thinking about you know, why people sometimes have a hard time with working out and dieting. You know? And I think a lot of times people have a hard time with the workout part because of the part that says work. And the diet, because of the, the, the first three letters there, it makes you feel like you're going to die sometimes. So, so I think that's part of the problem. You know, it, people tend to go from the mindset that if, you, if, you, if they think that you are going to take something away from them, then all of a sudden they want it. And uh, they have to have that perspective change like you're talking about to be able to see that, look, if you don't take care of this now, something is going to come along down the road and take it away from you that's going to be a lot more powerful than, than just your insurance dropping you or, or a person taking something away from you. When your heart stop, stops beating, then you're going to all of a sudden realize what you should be doing. You know, I mean, granted, and hopefully that in a situation like that, and what I mean is uh, it's a heart attack, uh, hopefully they'll be able to bring you back and ha- you have the chance to change something. But most of the time, truth be told, people don't. They wait till it's too late. And so if we can take care of this stuff while, while we're young, while we're still able to be able to do things, and, and I shouldn't say young but because this could be any age, but what I mean by that is when we're able to be able to move and we're able to be able to think on our own and, and adjust the way that we eat on our own, we need to take care of these things. We have to approach this from a preventative standpoint. That's the only way that we're going to change the way, the way health is in this country. Of course, the biggest trouble with uh, health and fitness is that the biggest killer in this country is blood pressure. And, of course, it's a silent killer because a lot of us are healthy and fit or think right. that we are and don't right. realize that we have uh, a high, high blood pressure. You right. know, I was uh, really uh, astounded by myself because, you know, being a power lifter as I was last year was that I used to eat a lot of uh, protein-based food, you know. Mm-hmm. And, of course, mm-hmm. being older, my philosophy was, well, if I couldn't l- lose it around the middle, I'd put it on top, you know what I'm saying? Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> that happens. But, you know, what, what happened is I went to the dentist to go get a, a tooth uh, fixed. Mm-hmm. And they put me under the uh, – uh, they, they took my blood pressure to check on me. Now, here I am. I'm a man who ran, who jogged, who did all the things that were right. Mm-hmm. But – I was, you know, not eating like I should. You know, right. I, I like to think of myself as a carnivore, and I, I did not like salads. <laughs> Hated them. Right. Would have nothing to do with them. I mean, you know, right. ew. Uh-huh. I mean, it's green, nasty stuff. You get right. protein out of meat. You know, I, that's what I thought. Mm-hmm. But, of course, the trouble was was that when I went to go get uh, put under for sedation, they said that they couldn't do it because my blood pressure was too high. And I was right. like, you've got to be kidding me. Here I am, this huge athlete, this man that looks like he's a – uh, 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 you know, a chiseled figure, as it were, uh, and and I, I was having heart issues, and it just it was a silent killer. If I hadn't have had that happen to me, mm-hmm. it could have killed me. Correct. So I changed my diet. 
But to right. get interested in salads, what I did is I put myself into them. I now make my salads entertaining and enjoyable by changing what's in the salad. You know, every day I, I, I put a few peppers, you know, a few superfoods in there. I do things that make it look tasty and make it look appetizing. And then, right. of course, I put it in front of me. So that every all the time I'm working, I see it's there. So when I'm hungry, I just have a little nibble here and a little nibble there. I mean, right. that works for me, and that's how I overcame my problem. That works. That works, and there's nothing wrong with so that I, technique. I, I, I'm sorry, how do you ahead. eat? Uh, well, how do you eat? Basically, what I try to do, and and what I've encouraged people to do that come in my office, or even things that we do with with another program we call Designing a Champion. Um, what I encourage people to do is, if I can get you to a point to where you if I can get you to start implementing some healthy practices in your life, I, I, I'm not one that generally will tell people, okay, all of a sudden I want you to cut out this or I want you to cut out that. What I want you to do, say, say the only healthy thing I can get you to eat is grapes. Then are you or are you, no, are you not better off having those grapes in your diet every day? And most people will say, yes, I'm better having them. I say, okay, put them in your diet, eat them. I don't care if you follow with a donut put the grapes in your body because what you're going to start to see is you'll start to feeling better just from that getting that good nutrition in your body. Once that starts to happen, your mindset will start to start to shift and you start going, well, if I can do that, then maybe I can add this in. And so we start adding something else. And like you're talking about, adding more things into your salad, for instance. Start adding this stuff in and you'll get to where you start going, well, okay, I don't need that donut anymore, but I want some apples or some greens to go with my grapes now so I can feel better. I can feel the difference in my physiology. And as we get that going in people and they build a little bit of momentum, then, then it makes lifestyle change so, so much easier for them. And with me personally, one of the things that I've always done with my diet, I never have been somebody that, like I said, I don't like just telling anybody that they need to take something totally out of their diet. It's just, it's, it's a hard, hard thing to do. And it just, it's, it's tough for them for a number of reasons. What I try to do is follow the old 80-20 principle. 80% of the time I try to eat healthy, 20% of the time I'll go out and have some good old Texas barbecue with some barbecue sauce and, and all that kind of good stuff. Um, yeah. But you got, uh, you got sorry, to be people, able to I've get that interrupt here. And i gotta, I got I to gotta interrupt people here because I don't know about uh, most of America, but Texas, oh, my God. We have food <laughs> here. We have barbecue. We yeah. have food like you would not believe. I have lived all over the world, okay? When I first came to America and saw the food and the flavor – of this mm -hmm. food, it was like, whoa, dude, are you kidding mm -hmm. me? I have found heaven. And right. then, of course, I met my <laughs> wife, who's a Cajun, and good God, we're talking right. flavor like you would not believe. Mm -hmm. And, of course, mm -hmm. you know, uh, <laughs> the reason I bring that up is, is that you're right, is, is that, you know, you don't need to deny yourself anything. You just need to be um, careful. You know, right. uh, I've noticed a lot of people that come to the gym are tired after their day's work. And I understand that because, you know, it has a lot of pressure, has a lot of, you know, responsibilities on them. Mm -hmm. But the biggest problem they do is that they have these sugar fixes. Right. You know, oh, I think we're having a break now. So okay. uh, I just want to take a little break here. I'm going to tell the people that are listening to my show that they're please call in. Our telephone number is one 472 Five seven nine two, or you can email me at Marcus underscore Aurelius uh, at live dot com. We really want to hear from you today. I think we have a few callers waiting. It would be wonderful to hear from you. I really want to encourage you to get into the show, and we will return in a few minutes uh, to continue with dietary needs and our physiology. Thank you very much. We'll be right back after the break. You have a wonderful.
a fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health and Wellness. Have you figured out what's not working in your sex life? Could you use a little help? Join your host, Tamaran, for Let's Figure It Out Intimately. Tamaran has had both highs and lows in her sex life. She uses her experiences to teach you some basic techniques on how to create more fun, intimacy, and pleasure. Her guests also come from the sexual health and wellness industry. And together, Tamaran and her guests will help you get the sex life you've always longed for. Let's figure it out intimately. Airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Cancer is not something to be taken lightly. But instead of being talked at by doctors, medical providers, and others, wouldn't it be nice to hear from a host who has worked at the cancer coalface for 38 years as a caregiver, supporter for 14,000 patients, and who has had the experience of having a life-threatening condition herself? You will hear the stories of survivors and other people who work in breakthrough cancer medicine. Navigating the Cancer Maze with host Grace Goller will help you with the facts, planning, and grief experienced with different forms and stages of cancer. Listen every Friday at 12 noon U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to I Don't Want to Be Fat with Marcus Aurelius. Call into the show today at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Marcus underscore Aurelius at live.com. Now back to I Don't Want to Be Fat. Welcome back, America. I think we have a caller on the line. Uh, Jacob, is that right? Yes. Jacob. Uh, yes. Would you like to uh, present your question to Matt and see what we can come up with? Sure. Well, what's right, your question? My question, is, my question is, should I be working out on my dominoes every day? And if so, how many repetitions do I need to do? Hi, Jacob. Well, that's a great question. Um, and I actually get asked that quite a bit in my office. What I have found over the years is too many people go in and they work on their abs and they actually end up overworking them. Um, what I recommend, I do recommend daily exercise or at least five days a week on the abs, but I don't recommend doing ridiculous high reps. In other words, uh, you know, you don't need to be doing 300 crunches. Uh, sure. The other thing I'd also recommend, uh, and I did this actually when I was younger myself, I would put a lot of extra weight on, on myself trying to pick up, uh, trying to pick up with my abdominals and, and, and get some extra weight and try to get some thicker abs that way. Mm-hmm. And that's not necessarily a a bad thing sometimes, but I wouldn't recommend doing that all the time. Most of the time, what you want to be shooting for is somewhere around, if you're going to work the abs, pick two to three exercises, and you usually don't need to do more than around 30 to 50 reps of anything. Uh, okay. And do, do two to three sets of that. And that's really all you're going to need. Um, the other thing that I really want to make sure that I say with that, though, is a lot of people will end up working on their abs, and they forget about the low back. And so what we'll see is a lot of pelvic problems as a result of that. And that ends up working its way up into the low back and down into the hips. So oh, work when you're working I, your core, I, make I, sure you I, work I everything. Actually call that, yeah, I actually call that couple tunnel syndrome of the body. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> because it yeah, really is the same much. thing. You're too, 
you're too much advanced on one side and not the other. Right. You know, uh, Matt, Matt will attest to this because he just has. But when we were younger, you know, uh, powerlifting and, and lifting dead weights, you know, you needed a big, strong abs so that you can lift the huge weights. And so as a result, I overworked mine. And that's why I have a big belly. I mean, it's a six pack, but on the outside, it looks like a keg, you know, because of... <laughs> You know, that's great for a party, but when you're looking out at the beach and trying to look good in front of your wife, you know, that big six-pack keg sticking out ain't too good. You know, let me tell too you funny. that. Too funny. Yeah, it, it's it's funny. It really is funny how, how people end up uh, – You know, you, Marcus, I know you've seen this, and, and Jacob, if you're still on the line, I'm not sure. But, but uh, if you've been in the gym for a while, which I'm sure you have, and Marcus, like I said, I know you've seen this, it's funny. People tend to – flock to the same things in the gym. You're going to always see the bench press is going to be full, the curl rack is going to be full, and there's going to be the group that's going to be doing uh, 8,000 crunches on the floor, and there's going to be people on the cardio equipment. And they forget about all the stuff for the back. They forget about all the stuff for the legs. They forget about, <laughs> forget about the triceps, all these things, and, and then they do. They end up in my office with these muscle imbalances, and we have to try to figure out how to get them loosened up so that when we turn around and try to get them to exercise properly, we can get things to start moving like they should and, and prevent injuries. Body mechanics. That's why Absolutely. trainers are so important. Absolutely. See, if you learn how to do things correctly, and the other trouble too with a lot of these exercises is that people are trying too hard to lift too much weight too quickly Correct. And, uh, and, 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 too much, and too heavy too. You know, one Correct. of the things I've always found with working out, especially with the abs, is, is that if you do things slowly without weight, you'll actually get twice as much of a burn as you will with weight. True, true. Yeah, that, that's, that's, that's just been my personal experience. That's okay, true. do we have any more callers online? No, we don't. Oh, Greg. Greg, is that you, my friend? Yes, yes. This is Greg Myers, everybody. I want to introduce you to Greg Myers. Greg Myers has uh, Elgin Barbecue. I mean, Elgin Barbecue. Myers Barbecue. <laughs> he is one of the greatest guys I've ever had the uh, uh, pleasure to meet, along with Matt. Uh, uh, Greg has been working out with me for a while and like everybody else he has a long job he takes lots of responsibilities and at the end of the day he decides to put himself at my mercy what a brave man you are <laughs> I, I, I try <laughs> uh, Greg do you have a question for Matt for me please well the, the biggest thing I think is um, you know when I go in and work out um it never fails wind up hurting myself. You know, 20 years ago, I used to lift a lot when I was younger. I'm 56 now. Uh, 20 years ago, I completely severed my Achilles tendon. And so, you know, for probably three or four years, I really didn't do a lot. I really favored that leg and, uh, you know, just really got out of shape. I started back lifting. And every time I start lifting, I, I start increasing my weights, I guess, too fast. And I wind up hurting a shoulder, a knee, a back, you know, whatever, and puts me out for three to six months. And I, I never learn. And I guess I, I should have asked this question a long time ago. But, you know, what is what is the right procedure for, you know, for trying to increase your weights? Because I know I do it too fast. That's a great question, Greg. Uh, hello, by the way. It's been a long time since I've seen you. But uh, uh, what I have found that works best for me, because, you know, back, like I said earlier in the show, I, I used to be very guilty of this. And I think you'll find a lot more guys do tend to do this than, than the ladies, obviously. Uh, I, I guess it's a male thing. I don't know. But anyway, what we'll end up doing is we tend to try to work things up way too fast. And 
And as a result of that, we will end up hurting ourselves. Now, in your particular case, in a situation like that where you have an old injury to that Achilles tendon, what's going to happen is, think of it this way. It's kind of like when you have a crack in the foundation on a building. It starts working its way up into your body. So your body adapted for a while to that Achilles tendon, Achilles tendon injury, and it started just working its way up into your legs and hips and, and then right on up into your back and even into your shoulders. So one of the things that I would recommend for you is try to start from the bottom up and just start working on balance. Once you get to where you have that balance down and you have things in motion right, then we can start working on increasing weight. Now, as far as actually trying to increase weight, what I have found is it varies on the type of workout you're wanting to do. If you're trying to do more of a strength training workout um, or power type workout, what, you want, what you'll see is, is that you generally will start want to take what you're trying to lift. In other words, set yourself a goal for what you're trying to get to. And this is great from a powerlifting standpoint, but it works for anybody, whether you're trying to powerlift or not. Set a, a weight that you're trying to hit. And then just start working your way down percentage-wise. And what I have found is, is I usually will start at about 65% of what I'm trying to hit, and I will do sets of around 8 to 10 on that. And then I'll, the next week I'll come in and I may work at 70%, and then I may work at 75%. Usually around there I'm going to stick for about a week or two until I feel comfortable with what I'm doing. And I'm doing the 75% usually about 6 to 8 reps. And then once I get to where that's comfortable, then I work up to 80, 85, and just start working it up that way. And, and you may find that there may be a week or two in there where you need to stay at the same number. But what you should notice is, is when you're doing these lifts, and Marcus can give you the reps on this, but what you should be noticing is by the time you get to that last set, those last two or three reps should be, should be relatively challenging but doable. When they get to where they're too easy, that's when you need to up the percentage of what you're trying to do. Does that make Good sense? Good point. Good point. Are you there, Greg? Real, real careful about my lower body because you know I've had had knee problems since I was in high school, and mm -hmm. so that's something that you know I have been working with Marcus with. I had a you know a meniscus problem with one, and then it you know suddenly migrated to the other one, and so right. it's just you know a, a litany of things you know as you as you grow older that you start having these aches and pains that become more than just aches and pains. But right. when you talked about when you talked about the bottom up, are you talking about like core training too as well as the as the, the, the lifting? Core training should always be a central part of any routine that you're doing, whether it's whether it's power or strength or even just cardio routines. Uh, make sure that you're working that core. But what I mean from the working with from the from the bottom up I literally would take a look at the way that you take a look at the way the shoes that you wear all the time. Look at how they wear. Okay, a lot of times what I'll see is somebody that's had an old injury like that, you're going to see that one of those, one of your feet, if not both of them, is going to wear the shoe a little bit different to the side. Uh, what you want is you want to have a pretty straight wear on the bottom of your shoes uh, so that, and they should be pretty much even on both feet. And if it's not, then what we need to look at is some type of an orthotic type thing that basically you can put in your shoe and start seeing if you can get your feet to kind of balance out. Once that happens, then get to where that orthotic or whatever that we're doing, that working out, start start seeing if you can work from there, start working your legs, and it could be through squats or from any other type of exercise on the legs, and then just work its way right on up into your, the rest of your body, okay? okay. And that's going to work okay. the core, but it's also going to straighten out your mechanics and your balance at the same time. Okay, and I'm definitely seeing what you're talking about as far as that wear on the outside uh, mm -hmm. More so on the leg that I injured, but mm -hmm. I, I see it on both of them. So right, right. Okay, okay.
Okay, well, yeah, that's, man, a, that's a good You'd be surprised. Yeah. Very, very often, Greg, it's just small little things that uh, it will affect your mechanics bad enough over time that you start having all these problems. Right. So. Okay. Well, Greg, I really appreciate you calling into the show today. I know you were trying to get out of that core workout I have you on, but oh well. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, Marcus and Matt, thank you. Y'all have a good day. You're very welcome, Greg. You thank too. you. Okay. God all bless. Right. Bye-bye. All right, Matt. Yes, now, sir. I know that you're a man of uh, of faith, too, right? Yes, sir. Sure am. What, um, uh, how has faith really influenced your way of, or your perspective of how you work people out and how you receive uh, criticism or questions? How does that help you? Uh, okay. Well, Marcus, what if, if you, you know, I have a couple different websites out there, and what, what you'll notice about me, there's something that has been in me since the time I was a little kid where I've always believed that my purpose on this life is to help people achieve more, become more, do more in their life than they thought was possible. And that totally 100% comes from my faith. I believe that God made us to thrive. And the problem is, is most people tend to live in survival mode most of their life. Uh, and so I've, I've just carried that over, and I think that's in every area of our life, whether it's in, in training or if it's fitness or, or nutrition or our social development or intellectual development, anything that we're looking at, we have to try to become everything that we're capable of becoming. I don't think God made us to just stagnate and get by. I think too many people fall into that rut. And I think that um, I think that if, if we all lived our lifestyle, and it's something that we all have to work on. I'm not saying I have it all together 100% by now. Trust me, I'm still working on things and I always will be. But what, I, what I've seen, though, is is that if we are trying to improve ourselves and we're trying to do things the way that God intended us to do and trying to live our life versus just trying to survive through life, then if we carry that over into our, our spiritual life but into our mind processes and, and the way that we live every day, I think we're living more of what Jesus Christ called us to be. Okay. Uh, that, that's good. I know that's why you have uh, Designing a Champion. I'm going to go into that in a minute. But I have another call from Austin, Texas, uh, a young lady by the name of Joyce. Joyce, please, you have a question for us. Yes, I do. I have a job where I have to sit a lot, and my lower back hurts me. Are there any recommendations that you might have? Hi, Joyce. That's a, that's a great question. I get that actually a whole lot in my office. Uh, I see probably as many low back problems from sitting jobs as I do from uh, jobs where people are out picking up boards or whatever. Um, most of the time, if it's a sitting problem that's causing low back problems for you, your hip flexors are going to be too tight. And and what I'll say with people with that, um, what you want to try to do, uh, probably, hopefully, you can find a, an iliopsoas stretch online that's spelled I-L-I-O-P-S-O-A-S. Find a, a iliopsoas stretch online. Usually, uh, the best way that I can tell you to do it is almost look like you're doing like a runner stretch, but kind of crouch down into it a little bit. There's another way you can do it kneeling that works even better, where you're going to be facing a wall and kind of tucking your hip up underneath you a little bit, and you'll stretch out the muscles on the front of your legs that actually connect your hip up into your pelvis. Uh, and what you're going to see is, is if you can get those muscles loosened up, most of the time you can get those low back problems to go away. The other thing that you really want to work on is make sure, like we were talking about earlier, work on strengthening up that core. Do some crunches on a regular basis, but, but just as importantly as that, make sure you're doing some things for your low back like Superman's or uh, I'd like, I personally like to do what I call hyperextensions, which is basically where you get on the machine at the gym and just basically 
do almost like a reverse crunch or a reverse sit-up. It works very great for the low back, and it will some, it's something that will prevent a lot of problems and a lot of injury. What Thank I find doing that really, really works uh, uh, is this. is uh, I uh, try and get a bar that's at uh, the level of, of your eyes, okay? And then you can hold that bar with your hands if you can't support your weight too well, and then just take a big, long lunge forward and bend on the back knee. What that does is it stretches that muscle out for you. And usually I have a lot of people that are very large who have bad back problems. And what I try and do is if they can't do a, a, a back extension because it's, um, it, they're just too big to do that, what I right. try and do is I get them on a, what is called a decline bench. Okay? Mm-hmm. And then I put a weight on the floor behind them so that when they lay on their front facing the bench and they have mm-hmm. their legs fully extended behind them in a straight, I try and get them to lift both their hands up. Then mm-hmm. I try to put them, lift their left hand and their right leg up and mm-hmm. then do it the other way. And that kind of really helps strengthen that mm-hmm. lower back area. Right. Would you agree, great Matt? Exercise. Great, great exercise. Absolutely. Thank you, Joyce, for calling. Okay, this is Marcus Aurelius, and we are uh, on the I Don't Want to Be Fat on the Health and Wellness channel. Uh, the, tele- the call-in number is one eight six six four seven two five seven nine two. If you want to contact me, uh, it's Marcus underscore Aurelius at live.com. Matt, do you have a, a, a web page that they can get hold of you at? I actually have two separate web pages that I would send people to. One is mattparsonschiropractic.com. That's going to be my chiropractic office, obviously. But uh, the other one I'd like to send people to is designingachampion.com. And that one is all about life balance, empowering yourself, getting yourself to achieve more, become more, do more, and become what God intended you to be. Okay, and that's what we're going to talk about when we come back after the, after the break. People, please call in. Don't be afraid. And please contact us. We'll see you after the break. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. There are all kinds of issues which can affect our relationships, our families, our workplaces, and communities. Tune into Breakthrough with Michael Pippich for a clearer understanding to what these issues of modern life are and what kind of solutions are being presented and discussed. Michael and his guests will talk about teen suicide, PTSD, alcohol and drug abuse, bipolar disorders, and more. It's deeper understanding of our life and healing. Breakthrough with Michael Pippich is heard every Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern, on Voice America Health & Wellness. Why do people behave the way they do? The study of human behavior is one of the most interesting facets of life. Human behavior gets played out in a limitless number of ways. Now, there's a radio program that explains the why and the how of what we do. Human Behavior, What a Trip, is hosted by Dr. Jonathan Brower and will include interesting guests as well as call interaction from people like you. Let's have fun with this together. Listen every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness.
You are listening to I Don't Want to Be Fat with Marcus Aurelius. Call into the show today at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Marcus underscore Aurelius at live.com. Now back to I Don't Want to Be Fat. Well, back everybody. I am so excited that you decided to finish off with us today. Uh, Matt. Parsons yes, is my guest today. Oh, are you still there? I'm still here. <laughs> right. Sorry, I we, thought we you were there. Okay. No, no, that's fine. <laughs> we, we're going to discuss designing a champion. Uh, I think, Matt, you have a webpage about designing a champion. Is that correct? I do. It's, it's www.designingachampion.com. Could you repeat that, please? www.designingachampion.com. Okay, Pete. Now, one of the things Matt and I were discussing in a break is it's okay to listen to somebody, but we've both noticed that if something's written down, you're a lot able, a lot more able to perceive what's being said because you can meditate on it. And Matt has this fantastic program that he and his, Penny's involved with this. Is that correct? She is. She, she's just as, more, as much a part of it as I am, if not more. <laughs> and, <laughs> and Penny's your wife, just had a baby. She and she's starting, bride. and she teaches all these uh, classes to go with it. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. She does. She right now her primary thing she's teaching at the moment are actually cardio kickboxing classes. Um, oh, but she also helps us with some of the other things that we're trying to get out there um, about you know self development and and just all the different exercise classes. And there, there's a lot to designing a champion. And really, uh, once we get it going a little bit more and a little bit stronger, we're hoping to. Uh, even expand a little bit further than even what we have already. And and uh, we have some really exciting things coming down the pipeline with it. Well, that sounds very, very interesting. Um, please expand your repertoire. What, what, what kind of things, what are the basic needs that you introduce on this? Okay. With Designing a Champion, essentially what we're doing is, is we are trying to, like I was saying earlier, help people figure out that they can, they can be more, they can become more, they can do more, they can have more. Um, I actually have a quote that I put up that is one of my favorite quotes. It's actually a driving passion of mine. Um, it's, and it actually says in the quote, rekindling the human spirit has become my grand obsession. And I read that several years ago in a book, and that just really struck me, and it has sat with me ever since because it really defines what I'm all about. I've always been the type of person that, for whatever reason, God put into my heart that I am supposed to try to help people I guess, for lack of a better term, empower themselves. Like I said, I think most people uh, go through life just in survival mode, and, and they just they live a life, but they're not really living. And, and I think that you know, our society in general could be so, so much better, but, but even on an individual level, our, li- or excuse me, our lives can be so, so much better if we just will reach out and start to take hold of what we're capable of doing. And with Designing a Champion, basically the, the premise on that is we believe that there's five foundational things that if we start to work on those things, then we can adjust everything in the life. And those five things are physical, mental, social, spiritual, and, of course, financial. Uh, and then everything else springs off from those areas. And what, what you can see is uh, Zig Ziglar used to actually do something in some of his talks called the Wheel of Life, where basically you can see if somebody works in all these different areas of their life and they keep them balanced, then the wheel should look almost like a perfect circle and you can just roll through life. If you end up shorting yourself in one area, then you're going to start having a 
doesn't look so much like a circle. It looks can look all these weird shapes, and you're, when you're trying to roll through life, you're just going to be bumping around from one thing to the next. It creates imbalances, and you're going to start end up having problems. Sometimes it ends up being in the form of burnout, sometimes health problems, sometimes uh, social interaction problems, and, of course, unfortunately, sometimes financial issues even. And so with Designing a Champion, we come in and we try to help people learn how to balance these things out. We generally will start with physical. Um, the reason we do that primarily is because we, we have figured out that if we can get you feeling good, then we can affect the way you think. And if we can affect the way you think, then we can affect the way you act. If we can affect the way you act, we can affect, affect the lifestyle you create. And once you start doing that, then you can affect people's communities and you can affect the country. And that's our, our ultimate goal. We want people to catch the vision of what they are capable of doing, um, not, just, not just getting by, but actually thriving in life. You know, uh, one of the – I like to uh, draw similes in life. You know, I was talking to a pilot. Uh, I mentioned this on my first show. He said it, if one thing in an airplane goes wrong, it doesn't matter what it is, there is an 80% chance that you can bring the plane back to right. land without getting hurt, okay? Mm-hmm. But if two things go wrong, that chance of survival drops almost down to 20%. I right. thought, Wow. You know, what a great comparison to our lives. If we are doing certain things wrong, but we have a vice in an area, mm-hmm. if we don't control that vice or take control of that vice, be it spending too much money, being drinking too much, be it whatever, the thing is, is, is that it's all about controlling and learning to discipline your life. I mean, for instance, when you went to school, it took a, number, it took a lot of your time because you had to study and overcome the exams, correct? Correct. Correct. So way, way the too same much. thing. Is that, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I understand that one. And of course, the biggest trouble with life is the fact that you know, if we ha- ha- first of all, it's finding a goal, setting ourselves a goal, and going forward towards that goal, and learning to overcome the problems that we face. A lot of sure. people, when they see these problems, you know, like not being able to lose weight, especially around their tummy, you know, they lose faith or they lose confidence in themselves because right. they don't have uh, the um, uh, influences around them to encourage them. And, of course, mm-hmm. if you're off drinking over the weekends or you're off playing paintball or doing something that's not healthy or something that takes up too much of your time, if you become undisciplined in one area, that undisciplined part of your life overtakes the rest of your life. Do you not find that to be true? I agree with that 110%, Marcus. One of the things that uh, I don't know who said it first, but I, I think one of my grandfathers probably told me this back when I was a kid, and the older I get, the more that I find that it's true. The way you do anything in life is the way you do everything in life. And what you'll end up finding is if you start letting one area of your life start slacking too much, And it can be just a small, minute thing. But if you start to let that happen, you start losing little daily disciplines. And the next thing you know, you're carrying that over into other areas of your life until you wake up one day and you realize that your life is not under your control anymore. It's under somebody else's control. And And you're subject to it, yeah. That you, you can have that through, through a health standpoint or through a financial standpoint or whatever, but it's all of a sudden something else is going to control you. And... And I, I firmly believe that our lives are, are made to live by design, not by chance. Agreed. And, you know, one of the things I've noticed especially is that health is such an important part of our lives. And it's also becoming a very, very expensive part of our lives. Yeah. But when we start going through the crunch, most of us tend to give up training because we're either working too hard or we're under too much financial pressure. 
And of right. course, once you take the training out of your life, then obviously your healthcare bill is going to just suck you into a into a vat of unforgiveness and an unpaid debt that you can never get out of. Do you not see that? Unfortunately, that's a hundred percent true. And you know that. And Marcus, honestly, that goes back to what we were talking about very early in the show is the chronic disease thing. What we'll see with people is they do. They start to feel a little bit bad, and they start dropping some of the good habits that they have. Uh, for you know they 'll say a lack of time or or for lack of finances or whatever, and you know short term you can you can survive something like that, but when you start letting that happen long term down the road, it starts to catch up with you and and you end up with diabetes or high blood pressure or or whatever and and if you don 't take the time to take care of your body, your body is going to get to the point to where it goes hey i 'm here, and you 're going to take care of me or else and it will sometimes manifest that in some nasty ways that people don't like. You know, I'm going to ask you a question. Now, we didn't even even go over this beforehand. But, you know, one of the things I have found is that when I work out people, the the thing they do not want to hear about is diet. And Mm -hmm. diet uh, encompasses like 90% of really everything you're doing as far as your workout goes because they have a prefixed idea of what it's going to cost them without Mm -hmm. understanding the value. You, You, how many people in your practice have ever approached you about diet? Very, very few. Uh, it's one thing that, you know, and that's something that we've really tried to do in our office. And, and I'll be honest, you know, talking about the lack of balance, over the years there were times when I got out of balance with the way I was trying to do things in my practice, even as far as seeing my patients. And uh, usually, luckily enough, I ended up getting knocked back into balance uh, for a number of reasons. And, and one of the things that I mean by that is that in our office, we really try to focus on dealing with people's lifestyle. You know, it's the same thing with the, as with Designing a Champion. We have to get you to a point to understand where we have to adjust, uh, adjust you, no pun intended, from, from the chiropractic standpoint, but we have to adjust you from a lifestyle standpoint because if not, we're going to end up just spinning our wheels. And most people come in, and if I bring up how many glasses of water they drink a day or diet uh, or supplements that they take, they tend to get real shy about it. And I, I think that part of that has to do with sometimes they know they should be doing some things. I think sometimes they they think that I'm going to harass them if they don't uh, take care of themselves a little more. And you know, because unfortunately there are doctors out there that will beat up patients that way. And and I don't think that's the best way to go at that. I think I think you have to get them to understand that. You're doing it for their better, the better part of them, not for something where you're trying to judge them or or, or do anything that way. And if you can Agreed. establish you know, that kind of, of relationship, one of the things I, I, I one of the things I have that is my prime concern is what you're saying here. Is it because you know uh, I, I I enjoy the show The Biggest Loser. It's really really good. You know, I mean for its results. Right. But after a hard day's work, you know, if your trainer's beating the snot out of you, right, and not encouraging you then you really got the wrong person. You may think you need that, but you really don't. You know, right. you need someone that's there to encourage you. Right. Now, my, my, this is the, one of the touchiest areas of being a personal trainer that I have found, is, is that people don't want to become knowledgeable about diets because it means that they become responsible about it. Right. So sure. a lot of people try and live in denial when it comes to uh, eating right and correctly. And sure. yet those are the people that are most frustrated because they're tired. Right. And I, sure. I, I, I give a great ex- – one of the greatest examples that I can give, which I've found that's worked really well, is that if you're going to have a steak and potato, at the end of the meal, you're going to be tired. But if you have a steak and salad, you're not. Right. So if the salad can affect the proteins in the meat, then 
how can the vegetables that you can eat affect the energy that you have during the day? Correct. Correct. A simple concept, but you know what? <laughs> Those uh -huh. McDonald's fries, they look right. so good. Right, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, and we, we do, we, we tend to go to these things that are, are high carbohydrate in our diet. We tend to go to things that are, are, are high fat. Uh, we tend to go to things that are highly processed. And that can happen for a variety of reasons. We end up getting addicted to it, and then, and then yes, it starts you down a nasty spiral. But I think, you know, kind of like I said, another thing just to kind of add to what you just said, I agree with you 100%. The one thing to add to that, I think a lot of times when, when you look at a diet standpoint, I think people focus so, so much on what they think you're trying to take away from them that it creates a negative connotation in the first place. And so they just, you know, the fact that they can't have it makes them want it more. And, and I think you know, that just really sits them down a, a downward spiral real fast. You know, and that's why I like what you said earlier on. You know, don't give up the things that you're enjoying at the moment, but try to introduce better things. Right. You know, because you get more addicted to the better things without subjecting your body to denial. You know what I'm saying? Right, exactly. And, you know, and, and it's something to think about that from a neurological standpoint or a physiological standpoint even. Uh, you really can't get rid of a bad habit. And what I mean by that is, is you, when your body creates a habit, your body is going to actually create nerve impulses that are going to go that direction for the rest of your life in your brain, okay? You can't get rid of that. That's always going to be there. But what you can do is actually replace that habit. And that's, that's where you will actually, you know, how they used to always say that, you know, you repeat something 21 times and it becomes a new habit. If you can go ahead and replace that bad habit with a new habit and get those neurons firing and those nerves impulsing that direction instead of the old way, then all of a sudden you can really affect your lifestyle. Yeah, you know, uh, I've got to draw the, the show to a close here, but I've noticed that that is very, very true. You know, it's not the big things in life that we conquer. It's, the, it's a number of smaller things. Absolutely. You know, if we can, if we can, if we can take uh, a Rome one, one step at a time or we can climb Mount Everest one step at a time, you know, first of all, you've got to learn to climb the steps. Then you've got to learn to cl climb the rocks. And then you can learn to how to climb the mountains. You know, Absolutely. I think the trouble is a lot of people just want a quick fix and to get yeah. it over and done with so that they're done and move on. Right. That's why I think that um, initiating good practices in your lifestyle is something that's – if you leave it to choice, you'll never do. But if you leave it to something that you do as a part of you, it becomes a lot more effective. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. A couple of years ago, I actually had another one of my mentors uh, told me in order to change my life, one of the things I had to do was learn to make my bed in the morning. And I thought that was absurd, but then I did it. And then the next thing I know, these other small little disciplines started coming around too. And it's just, I started getting into okay. more discipline. Hold on, Matt. I got to stop you there. Simple. I'm afraid that we've run out of time today. Matt, right. I, I really enjoyed today's show. I've really enjoyed having you on. This has been a great show. I hope that you people listening out there will get hold of Matt. Matt, give them your uh, email address again, please. All right. You can email me at drmatt at mattparsonschiropractic.com, uh, or you can check out our website, mattparsonschiropractic.com or designingachampion.com. And you can get hold of me at Marcus underscore Aurelius at live.com, and we would love to hear from you. Matt, I want to thank you for being my guest today, and I really appreciate you coming on the show. It was a great show today. People, I hope you learned from this today, and we hear from you next week. Again, I want to thank everybody for being involved. I thank you for the people calling. Thank you, Greg, Jacob, and um, Joyce. Those were really appreciated calls and helped the show really get along. 
Again, until next week, I'd like to say thank you and goodbye. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in today. Be sure to join Marcus Aurelius for another edition of I Don't Want to Be Fat next Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. And live better. Live better.